0: Welcome to Tune In YRDSB, Inspiring Learning Through Storytelling.
1: Welcome to Tune In YRDSB. My name is Anetta Fishman, the proud principal of Anne Frank Public School. In February, we held a virtual event at our school with Maxime Goldenstein, author of the book So They Remember, a Jewish family's story of surviving the Holocaust in Soviet Ukraine. The event gave us an opportunity as a school community to learn more about the little-known history of the Holocaust in the former territory of Transnistria, the history of the Jewish communities in parts of Eastern Europe and the importance of honouring history and identity. The virtual event was very well received by our school community and I'm so honored to be joined today on the podcast by the author and some members of our school community to continue that conversation and share it with you. I will let them introduce themselves in just a moment, but before we begin, we want to recognize that this information may be difficult to listen to and triggering for some individuals. We want you to know that support is available to students at the school level as well as through community partners who provide programs and supports on intergenerational trauma, such as Jewish Family and Child Services or Friends of Simon Wiesenthal Center or Jewish Addiction Community Services. I will turn it over to Maxime to introduce himself.
0: Hi, everyone. Well, thank you so much for for the opportunity to speak with you. Uh, My name is Maxime Goldenstein, uh, and I'm the author of uh, So They Remember, and yes, it's, it's my pleasure to, again, chat with you today.
1: Welcome, Maxime. And I would like to introduce Mary Cartuz and Sharon Cartuz. Um, over to you, please introduce yourselves.
2: Uh, hi, my name is Sharon Cartuz. I'm in grade seven.
1: I've been learning
2: about the Holocaust ever since um, my parents could tell me stories and ever since I learned how to read. I had different ways to educate myself about it. In the first grade, I heard stories from other kids, um, but they weren't always the full story. And I always wanted to know the full story. So that's when I started asking my parents and I started reading books. Um, I read like picture books and chapter books. And eventually I read um, Anne Frank's Diary. So that was my way of learning about the Holocaust.
1: Thank you so much, Sharon. Mary, over to you. Hi, my name is Mary Cartuz. I'm
3: Sharon's mom. Uh, So grateful for this uh, lovely opportunity. Uh, Very important uh, opportunity, actually. I'm looking forward to speaking about uh, Maxim's book. It seems to be wonderful. Lots of things to tell you about. Probably not enough time to talk about this, but it's a really, really important cause. So I'm really grateful
1: for that. Thank you. Thank you, Mary. So Mary, you had your daughter listening to um, the story during the event and it was um, a, a wonderful event with, um, that was quite well attended. What were some of the conversations that you've had before and after uh, the event?
3: I have two girls, uh, one is nine, year old, nine
1: years old, uh, Sharon
3: is 12. So obviously I try to talk about this according to their age uh, in a way that they both understand. With the little one, I'm a little bit more general uh, not getting into specific descriptions. Um, with Sharon, I uh, allow myself to tell her a little bit more stories. Uh, She also heard some stories firsthand from my father, who is also a Holocaust survivor. She's read uh, some books. So I try to tell things the way they happened. Of course, I don't want her to to get um, false information, and I don't want to hide things from her. But I was telling her more more specific stories about um, how people uh, were resilient, how people fought back, how horrific and tragic those um, actions were. I try to explain it in a way that she understands and she understands that those, Actions can never happen again, and she has to learn from that. I also try to teach her about phobias, about anti Semitism, uh, about hating others, about how people were cruel to each other, and how she should never be. So I try to tell her in a way. Um,
1: how she needs to shape her own character. You shared something that really resonated with me right now. Um, It is that empowerment over victimization approach to really preventing that never again. And um, unpacking the horrific trauma that did happen during the Holocaust and and post-Holocaust through those honest and and open conversations that are developmentally appropriate, um, as you've mentioned, with your children is really important. Sharon, what did you think about Max's story and what are some of those connections that you made to the stories, to the story that you've heard and stories from your family? You've mentioned already um, some of the connections and the learning to your own family lineage and, and tree. Um, Is there anything else that stood out for you in Max's story?
2: Well, Max's grandparents, I think I kind of skimmed through the book a little bit. They were in Ukraine, I believe. And my grandfather was also in Ukraine in the time of the war. So it was kind of a connection. But I think other books, too, don't really talk about... um, like people who were in Russia or in Ukraine at the time, it was mostly, it was very like spread out, but not many um, stories about the Holocaust include um, Jewish families or any families that were in Ukraine. I think it really connected to my story too, because not a lot of people talk
1: about it. Yeah, that um, opportunity to, bring to to light the um, stories and bring to light the people that perished in that part of the world during the Holocaust is so important. There was a report that was published um, just last month by Liberation 75 where they interviewed 3,600 students in grades 6 to 12 and only two-thirds of the students surveyed said that the Holocaust happened um, and that 6 million Jewish people were killed. Of the others, 10% said that the Holocaust was exaggerated exaggerated or may have been fabricated. And 23% were unsure what to answer. So what we're talking about today and, and the power of education and understanding the stories of real individuals Um, kind of humanizing the most terrible dehumanizing experience is so important. Um, Max, I wanted to turn to you for a moment, and the title of the book and the words that your grandfather spoke to you, So They Remember, why is it really important to tell these stories and remember, in your opinion?
0: Yes, well, you know, I I think, um, you know, there are a variety of of reasons, you know, if, if we speak to, you know, for example, the the topic topic of education, which which you so eloquently talked about um, just now, you know, I think it's important to to think critically about about the past and our own roles and responsibilities today um, in, in responding to what we've learned. Uh, you know, it, it, it's it's about um, confronting uh, hate in all of its forms and and um, and ensuring that we we treat one another with with respect and. And care, um, because uh, you know, as we know, some of these events didn't come out of nowhere. Um, it, it took many, many years, and in fact, centuries uh, before the Holocaust began for uh, the events to culminate as they did. And so, I think it's it's a continual reminder of us um, for us to to be active and, and and to be good as good citizens in that regard. And I think for me, um, you know, I, I actually had a really hard time even coming up with um, the the title of the book. It took. Yeah, probably right until um, my editor is a deadline for me to to settle on it, and uh, it just so happened that one of the the first pieces of audio that I had listened to, uh, you know, my, my grandfather m- mentioned to me that he 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 thought it was important uh, to tell the story um, so, so that future generations would remember, and so that's that's ultimately uh, the, the title that I went with. But you know, in, in the story I tell, um, I, I think this takes on a variety of meanings because the story isn't just about you know people who survived, but it's also about uh, the efforts after the war for, for people in the Soviet Union to, to fight uh, against this sort of veil of silence to ensure that, that the memories of, of their families, their loved ones, their own experiences would be remembered. Uh, it, whether it took the form of memorialization or to um, directly you know, confront the Soviet government about what happened to ensure that um, places would be appropriately marked, etc. So I think there, there are you know, a variety of meanings.
1: And when I think about the title of your book, Max, I think how important it is to remember all the different rules that people play when um, hate occurs, to ensure that hate does not get normalized. And so um, I think about the role that, the, the importance that we remember what happened in Ukraine at that time, and the role of Um, citizens the righteous the righteous amongst the nation the people who stood up and and supported and helped as well and and i think that understanding that we need to to remember and acknowledge um, that everyone has a role to play uh, when hate occurs so here in our school board there's um, a new protocol that was recently developed in addressing incidents of hate in schools and Turning it over back to you, Mary, Uh, what are some of the things that you look for to happen in schools to ensure that heat gets addressed, um, to make sure that students like Sharon feel safe and not afraid?
3: Well, I think it all starts, obviously, with education. You said there was a study, obviously, that um, many kids don't know about the Holocaust don't recognize the Holocaust. So it starts here. First of all, they need to know about this, they need to hear about this, they need to be educated about this. And especially in a school like ours, uh, which is named after a very important girl in our history. Of course, they need to be taught. I think that it's not only up to the kids, but it's also up to the families. Because If families are not educated, if families don't know about this, if families encourage hatred or encourage violence or don't do anything about it, it's just as bad. This has to be addressed first, and then I think children will be able to understand the importance of not hating whoever is not like you. If children are taught, I think we're gonna be at a better place. But I think as educators and parents together, I think we need to put an effort into this and teach children about this, give them the tools, give them the knowledge to deal with this and they will pass it on to the next generations.
1: Thank you, Mary. You speak to such an important piece in education, that partnership between families and school is so critical. We all have a lot to learn, to learn together. And sometimes we need to engage in some unlearning, understanding history, understanding facts, understanding what previously happened and may have brought towards certain perspectives and understanding of the other is so important and critical in how we see each other and how we experience interactions. We say in an anti-oppressive approach in York Region, we say that we must begin with ourselves and we must begin from a very critically conscious standpoint to understand our own experiences and how our own experiences may create some biases in terms of how we see the world, how we see others, and how important it is for us to really delve deep into understanding both our local reality and how our local reality is influenced by the global happenings because they do impact the experiences of children in our schools and of children in our care and we cannot speak to building relationships between children, between schools and families without acknowledging the diverse identities of the children in our care and creating environments that affirm those identities and help children feel that they matter and that they belong. Sharon at Anne Frank Public School, we have a very popular saying that we say on the announcements every single day. And we work through that saying with different with children of different ages to, to help really build very critical understandings and vision for our school. Um, can you share with us that uh, statement that we share and how it relates to the learning from So They Remember?
2: Our very popular saying at our school is, be a leader, be a learner, have a voice and have fun. And we say it usually every morning. So it Help students have a more positive mindset throughout the whole day. It kind of gives them a boost of energy and it makes them more excited to learn. And because you learn something new every day, so it's, it would be very different if we didn't have um, a saying like that, because it would make students less excited and it would just be like, Today's another day at school, day of just learning and it makes them more positive. And um, I think it relates to the book because um, I think maybe Maxime's family had to remind themselves that or kind of encourage themselves that to have high hopes and to not say things like maybe we won't survive for another year, but we should take advantage of the time that we have.
1: I think that we we always, when incidents happen at school, Dan at Frank, when conflict happens, we ask children to uh, be leaders. And um, as leaders, we understand that sometimes leaders make mistakes and, and leaders have to take ownership for their mistakes and leaders can also learn. We also say that each, each and every one of us in the school community is a leader, held up to high expectations. We are all learners. We know that we have much to learn and much to unlearn, and we need to be open to that learning. We also say that um, it is really important that everyone has a voice and everyone is not only invited to the table, but also is provided with an opportunity to speak and to give their feedback and input and question and push thinking. And it is through that critical engagement in in, um, dialogue and critical thinking that we can understand each other better and we can uh, problem solve. And obviously you're absolutely right, Sharon, it's really important to have fun and to uh, have a positive, um, positive outlook Um, understanding that sometimes there are good days and there are sometimes there are days that are not so great, um, but together we can overcome everything. So Max, in writing the book, what were some of your hopes? Um, Sharon spoke to the high hopes that it's really important to have and and, and remain um, hopeful. What were some of your high hopes for the way that your book would inspire others?
0: You know, when I, when I first heard the story uh, from my grandparents, it caught me quite off guard. I hadn't heard any of this family history before. And so, and this was about a decade ago in 2012. Uh, and I was uh, much younger then. And I think I, initially, I just thought, you know, if I do get a chance to, to write this at some point, you know, I think it'd be a, just an incredible story to tell just as far as the story of survival, this chapter of history, which is not well known, et cetera. Uh, and then I think as the years went on, you know, I, I began to see that it, it was, you know, more than just a story about what happened between the years of 1941 and 1945, that, uh, in fact, you know, doing the research and, you know, excavating part of my family's past, it was it was very much, a, you know, a story of a, a Jewish family, um, you know, across the arc of the 20th century, and even prior to that, and so it gave me a sense of, you know, what my, my family's identity was, uh, cultural, religious practices, potentially, and you know the kinds of lives they live they lived uh and and uh, unfortunately over the the next uh, you know the decades some of the de- the challenges and and just the horrors that they face but also uh you know they're 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 overcoming many of those and and ultimately um you know their emigration to the united states in in the 1990s so you know i, I took away just the fact that you know people can despite what happens it, it's amazing the 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 humans, the strength that 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 people can exhibit um, and and their resilience and and perseverance, despite so many unspeakable things. so
1: absolutely. And thinking about what happened after the war and the, all the efforts that were in place to erase the experiences of Jewish victims and survivors, um, your book really speaks to that and to the effect that it had on the Jewish community and and that search and quest for Um, identity, really understanding why sometimes, you know, and not speaking about what happened during the Holocaust in Eastern Europe, and and specifically in the area that where your family lived, Maxime, and so many of um, the families, families from our school, from Anne Frank as well. and, And that's part of the reason why we brought this event to our school in erasing that experience and that history we are unable to really understand and, and bring to light the experiences of families in our community and under, fully understand the children and the students that are in our care. For us to understand the importance of identity, for many of our students, the importance of them, um, of, of us affirming Jewish identity, is much deeper than just understanding their present day experience, but also what families may have gone through in order to be able to self-identify as a Jew and do that in a safe way. What do you, what do you think, Mary, with regards to that piece of affirming identity for kids, thinking and as a parent and reflecting on that um, as a parent, why is it important for you and and what are your thoughts about that?
3: As a Jewish matter, you always have this fear of should I tell my kids to tell other people that they're Jewish? Should I not? Should I avoid this? Is it dangerous? You always have this constant fear. But that piece of history, that piece of identity is always there. And it always keeps coming back reminding you that you are a Jew no matter what and you should be proud of this we've gone through so much the holocaust all kinds of pogroms that came before and after and so many wars so many so much hatred so should I just hide it all or should I just be proud of my nation for standing up for themselves, for, for being so resilient. So I tell my kids, be proud of who you are. And uh, this is a part of you. This is a part of your identity. You cannot change it, if even if you wanted to. It's a part of our history. Our family has gone through so much. Uh, like I said, my father was a Holocaust survivor. Uh, my grandparents were Holocaust survivors. So many people. Max's family is had an incredible, incredible story. Uh, so many people have gone through so much, so that today
2: we can tell people we're proudly Jewish. I think that also not being afraid that I'm Jewish and um, not being afraid to tell people and that I'm proud of it because, as I said before. Um, I have this really nice hamsa necklace that I love to wear around, and I think it represents me as a Jewish girl, and sometimes my my mother says to, or like to tuck it behind my shirt, or to to not wear it to some specific places, because some kids may not approve of it, but um, when people who are Christian wear the cross, it
1: it makes me feel bad that I can't show my khamsa. You speak to such an important piece, um, Sharon. It is so important to be able to feel comfortable and safe in your identity. And um, Mary, uh, you also reflected on, on some very important pieces of what is being experienced um, currently. I know that Max lives in um, the United States. We, we are in Canada. There's has been definitely an uprise in, an increase in anti-Semitic events and occurrences, and we recognize that there's impact of that on how on feelings of safety and support in school. We approach this through education, through working with families. I, I wonder, Max, what are your thoughts on on what you've just heard?
0: First, I should say, uh, you know that that story brought me to tears a little bit because uh, it's a, it's just a, such a poignant moment in this discussion, but yeah, I, I think, you know, I, I can very much relate. I think growing up, I also had similar feelings. Um, although, you know, the Jewish identity was, was probably frankly, barely discussed. It was, it was something more that we just, we just felt and we just knew about ourselves, but you know, the, the religious practices, we did it, you know, we went to synagogue for a couple of years and we, you know, we very at a high level, you know, celebrated some of the holidays, but, uh, you know, it, it it just wasn't something that um, you know that we brought up, and so I, I always felt you know as a Soviet born Jew, uh, you know, e- even interacting with my American Jewish friends, that th- that there was a difference. I remember going to you know, bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs around you know, 12 years old, and just seeing that they they seemed to um, be more at ease with their backgrounds, which is of course is you know sweeping generalization. It's not always true, but I, you know that that was my my perspective, and it kind of opened my eyes. I think. To, to, you know, to some of the reasons why things were the way that they were for me growing up and why, you know, certain things were, were talked about and not. So I have to say, you know, I, I can relate to, you know, the, the story that Sharon and, and her mom were describing about the necklace. I, I, I definitely have a lot of the same thoughts. And, you know, you, you try to be resilient and you try to, uh, you know, say, you know, I, I, I'm going to stand up to this and not let it affect me. But certainly um, it does make you pause. So I I very much relate to that.
1: And the Jewish community is very diverse and and quite intersectional as well. It is important for us as we engage in this conversation discussion to consider that for some of us and for some uh, members of the Jewish community, you may be able to put a necklace in and, and, and not be visibly recognized as a Jew um, some other members of the Jewish communities may not be able to do that with ease if they are identified as Jewish because of other dress. Something important to, to kind of consider, to consider, not kind of, but really consider and seriously consider and, and, and think about and, the, and, and understand that there are members of other communities that are racialized in ways that also cannot be hidden with the mere act of putting a necklace in, in, in their shirt. But nonetheless, the hurt and the pain of hate and the fear, um, I would say, is just the same. May is Jewish Heritage Month, and I did want to talk and touch a little bit about that because as we focus on addressing the generational trauma and the search for discovery and rediscovery of identity, we must not forget to celebrate Um, all the generational strengths and the strengths of um, identity. The ancestors, um, yours Max and and, um, yours Sharon and Mary um, gave you much more than wounds and much more than sad stories to remember. Right. So when we say so they remember, although the focus is on Holocaust uh, education and the experience of Holocaust that is expressed in your book, there's more than that, and we must remember all of us in all of our identities, different identities, and shared identities. What are your thoughts on that and and connecting that to Jewish Heritage Month and the celebration of identity? Yes, well,
0: and that I completely agree with you on that note. I think sometimes it's so easy to focus. On the dark chapters of the past, but not, but not so much on, uh, you know, the, the amazing things that we do have to celebrate and commemorate and honor. I think when um the uh the current war in Ukraine broke out, I think uh, for a lot of uh Jewish people, uh, you know, there was a lot of writing and a lot of uh, reflection on, but particularly with the, the Ukrainian uh, Jewish president about the, about the history of Ukraine. And for some people, you know, f- the feelings of Ukraine of not necessarily knowing you know, how, how to think about their past. It was the, obviously the backdrop for, for so much pain, but it was also for many hundreds of years, a place where, of coexistence and where, where cultural, religious, political life flourished as they lived alongside uh, their Ukrainian, Polish uh, neighbors and, and many other sort of minority groups. So I, I think it is a remor- rem- you know, important to remember that heritage and, and those many elements as well.
1: Absolutely. What are your thoughts, Sharon and Mary?
3: Well, just like uh, Max said, it's very important to remember all the great times and the contributions the Jewish people have contributed to any cultural, educational field. So it's not only the bad times. Of course, we definitely need to remember them. We should never forget all those stories. Uh, but there were good times. There were good times uh, for Jewish people before and after the war. And uh, we need to remember that as well.
1: And Jewish history definitely did not start or end with the Holocaust. It is one part in Jewish history, a history of 3,000, over 3,000 years. Sharon, what what would you like to share?
2: Um, Well, I think just like Max said, it's important to not just think about or celebrate the people who survived but the people who had to fight and who were killed i think it's important to keep the stories alive because in a few years or in a few decades god forbid not ever all the survivors will be here so it's important to keep those stories alive so we remember and so we celebrate those times and like light candles especially for Jewish people, because it is their heritage. And even though it could be shocking and it could be mortifying for some students, it could be a surprise for them, but they have to learn about it and they have to know what they experienced. So I think we should, it's our job to tell them the people who don't know. The lessons
1: of what happens when people hate are lessons for everyone to, to remember and to learn from and to grow. And when we say never again, it's never again for you and you and you and you and you and I, and that is a really important piece to ground ourselves in. Any final thoughts or sharings before we end this really important conversation?
0: Yeah, I just want to say that um, yeah, I think it's uh, it's it's so easy to focus on um, on the the difficulties of the present moment. You you referenced some of the things happening in Canada and the United States, but I think hearing from young people like Sharon, my, my own kids uh, and their classmates, and it seems to me that it, it's just amazing in just a couple of generations, just how much more open and um, and accepting, people are than than perhaps they were, uh, and and you know it can be easy again to to fixate on all the negative. But I, you know I, I'm inspired by conversations like the one today, by conversations that I overhear at school, and so um, you know I think that's for me uh, uh, something that that I, I will hopefully uh, continue to remind myself of when I, when I do see some of those headlines.
1: Thank you, Max,
2: Sharon, and Mary. I think it really is a blessing to um, go to a school named after a Jewish girl, and I'm really grateful for the people who experienced the trauma and um, everything that happened in those times, just so we could be here now, standing on our own two feet, talking um, and sharing our stories. So it really is a blessing, and I'm really grateful. I also uh, first want to thank Max
3: for bringing up this incredible story. Of course, the Jewish nation has gone through so many tragedies and we still have a long way to go in teaching kids and adults about everything that has happened, everything that took place. We still need to, to do a lot in making sure that People do not repeat any type of hatred uh, actions or um, misinformation, spread hatred, anti-Semitism. And so we're a very resilient nation and I I think the world should know that. We can stand up for ourselves.
1: Thank you, Sharon, and thank you, Mary, um, and thank you, Max. The lesson one of the lessons of the Holocaust is that anti-Semitism that goes unchecked has devastating devastating consequences for Jewish people. Hate that goes unchecked has devastating consequences for humanity, and it is so critical that we continue to remember. So history does not repeat itself and so that we can stand side by side together with each other as human beings as we take on the next moment in time. I'm really grateful as the principal of the only school named after Anne Frank in Canada to be able to engage with you in this conversation. Sharon, you said that you're blessed. I'm the blessed one to have students like you and to have families and and a support system in our board that recognizes the importance of addressing um, all forms of hate, including anti-Semitism, and understanding how important it is to affirm and celebrate identity of all people, including Jews. Um, And let's take on the next few weeks in the month of May to do just that, to celebrate to recognize the contribution, the contributions of Jewish Canadians to our country and to continue to learn and unlearn together. So thank you so much everyone for being here. Thank you for listening. And I encourage you to stay tuned for future tuned In sessions. Thank you very much everyone for this conversation.
0: Thank you for joining us for TuneIn YRDSB. Please join us next time to continue the conversation.